This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. What? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Buck. Hold up. Doing wonderful today, Bach. Um, you know, it's a, it's kind of a chilly day today, so you see I'm all kind of geared up. I see you're the same. Obviously, it must be quite nippy out there in uh, Nebraska land right now, but it's all good. It's a wonderful day. Wonderful stuff to talk about, man. Uh, great stuff happening. Wonderful. I don't care what the score ended up being. It was a great uh, CFP last night, so that was some fun stuff to watch as well. Yeah, actually, it's actually pretty nice in Lincoln. The next three days is going to be in the 50s. I'm just downstairs in my basement where the, the it doesn't get so ah, hot down here. Cool. I don't want to run up the heating bills. So <laughs> I, just, uh, I found a new spot to, to go from home. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. It. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We're talking about the, the college football playoffs mm-hmm. and kind of uh, – and, and we'll break all that stuff down. But uh, before you join me and Big Sky, we're kind of bickering about kind of what it means for the SEC and the SEC – deniers basically which is what i call them anybody that's not willing to say that the sec is the best conference out there um big sky and and i'll welcome big sky if he wants to jump back in to kind of give his uh his his debate his argument there because uh, i don't want to put words in his mouth but he was he was trying to argue that the, the coaching in the big 10 may be better um the players obviously are down south but overall to me and and then the other big argument from him was that of course the top two teams are sec teams but the depth in the conference is better in the big 10 um, which, you know, might be partially true. But overall, uh, I just got to, you know, as a Big Ten fan, as a guy that watches the Big Ten on a year, you know, yearly basis, a lot of those games, way more than I do the SEC. I do watch a lot of SEC. That's also pretty good. Um, but uh, I, 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 I'd like to consider myself more of a Big Ten fan. But at this point, I can't deny it. That's, that's the conference. I mean, and it has been for years. Yeah, I mean, how can you deny it? I mean, with them winning 26 titles since 1951, when the SEC won their first title uh, since their inception uh, 18 years prior in 1933. I mean, they have dominated the conference, even though uh, they're not always winning the championship in those years, but the dominance, um, you know, as a whole, as you just stated throughout, has been pretty evident, right? You know, you had those years where there was dominance through the Big Eight with Oklahoma and Nebraska and then the Colorados in the 90s. Then you also, you know, you, you, you look at the FSU times of dominance in the Miamis, and then you sprinkle in some, you know, a few Big Ten teams with Michigan throughout that, you know, that 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 short time. And then also Ohio State. Um, Pac-10 prominence of USC happened in the 30s, uh, the 70s, as well as in the early 2000s with the USC teams. And then there was a shift uh, to the Big 12 where you had the Texas and the Oklahomas uh, kind of making runs at it. But the fact remains is that there has been a consistency throughout the SEC where they're always somewhere in the mix, Right. Uh, you have highs and lows throughout the other conferences, but they've been pretty consistent. The league has qualified for 18, uh, have qualified 18 teams in the last 
<laughs> 16 national championship games. That's crazy, right, when you really look at it. And only one of those teams in the 16 bouts didn't have at least one SEC team in it. So over the last 20 years also, you find that there's quite dominance within those in the draftings. Uh, over the last 20 years, right. they've had 576 players from the conference that have been drafted into the pros. That's that's more than the next two leagues of the Pac-12 with 250 and the Big 12 with two, uh, 224, and that's combined. So, you know, um, you, you, you look at those elements. Um, you look at what Jeremy Hillman says from the Bleacher Report in an article where he says the SEC pulls – you know, so many of those top recruits and it's due to eight elements, you know, they're looking at coaching, they're looking at stadiums, they're looking at the NFL uh, prospects. I mean, the numbers say it. And so winning traditions, fans, the uh, one of the things that the uh, SEC also provides uniquely is that there's tremendous rivalries throughout, right? Over the years, you had the ten Tennessee and the Florida rivalries and you have always uh, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, um, LSU at one time against Tennessee. I mean, you, so you have these elements of these rivalries that are very consistent uh, throughout the conference. So it, it provides for a strong conference and consistency. I would like to uh, just butt in so that I can I can make the case for the Big Ten since it seems like there might be a bully pulpit forming here uh, uh, for the SEC. Uh, listen, you can you you produce champions. That's great. That means in, in any given year you have one team that is really really good and elite. Uh that that doesn't make a conference. There are 14 teams in the SEC and there are 14 teams in the Big 10. And I and I as I told Box to round out the hour, if you go down the list, certainly the SEC might win the top two matchups or even I I think I gave them the top 3 matchups. Uh but it's those it's those depth teams in the Big 10 that really carry uh carry the the water for the conference because they are are well coached and they are solid teams and i think i think it's a difference in philosophy in the way you have to win and i i think it has to do with a lot of the ethos and the in the culture and the character of the places that these uh these programs are are situated and you look at the sec there that's where the talent is at and i think it's cap you're capable of winning quickly so you can have one year where you're incredibly good and then you might disappear like LSU has since their their championship with Joe Burrow or or an Auburn with a, uh, with a Cam Newton or Florida when they had Tim Tebow yeah. and that the roster ready made for a 30 for 30 in the big, in the Big 10 it takes really strong recruiting and it takes development of players over time because you're not going out and you're not getting the five-star guys that are, are are coming out of Florida or Alabama or Georgia you're going out and you're getting a, a lower four-star or a high three-star guy and you're turning him into a, uh, a five-star. So he might not be ready to compete with those guys right out of the box, but after three years in your program, you now have a guy who's ready to go up against those those big-time athletes. And and so I think that is where the Big Ten really fills itself out and, and, and turns into the better conference. And then I'd also like to caution everybody against just counting championships and determining uh, what is quality and what is not. Because if we're just counting championships, Yale's a better program than Alabama. And I don't think anyone thinks that's a that's a true statement. But Yale has 18 national championships, and Alabama only has 16. So championships are just a – before the forward pass? Oh, the last championship was 1927. Don't 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 get yeah. it twisted. But you guys are just counting championships. So if, if, if that's our if that's our if that's our metric, then we'll go ahead and and, and use all of the, all of the national championships. Because let's not limit the data, Bach. Let's not limit well, the data. And strict so and strict did go way back in in the history. He, he was talking about the Big Eight there. So uh, we're we're going all the way back. 
I, I, I just simply think that the Big Ten has better development, has better coaching, and just because they don't have the ability to catch a heater and, and win a win 15 games in a season, and it has to be a slow build, I don't think we need, we should be discounting uh, the, the oh, conference no. in the Big Ten. I think that's a great debate. I mean, I think that's something definitely, when you look at it from the totality of it, the Big Ten has definitely, as a whole, um, when you look up and down its roster with Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, um, then you you throw uh, um, Ohio State's always been pretty premier. They they're they're capable of getting those those quality uh, top tier five stars. So yeah, I mean, I think Bach makes a great point, uh, and I think it's worthy of a of a of a great debate, no doubt. Yeah, and and I think there are like certain things to to like about you know the Big Ten or whatever conference. I we don't have to just hold it to the Big Ten. That seems to be the team you know the the, the conference that's maybe closest uh, to the debate. The debate of uh, obviously with you know the Pac-12 not qualifying for a champion or the college football playoffs off and the ACC kind of missing out on the Big Ten usually does have a team there. And I love and, and I, I I won't make any. Uh, any ways about it. I love the SEC and I love the Big Ten more than any other conferences. So maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but I love it because they love college football more than any other conferences. They have the biggest stadiums, like you were saying earlier, the, the biggest fanfare, the rivalries. I mean, it lives and breathes through the SEC and the Big Ten. And, um, and, and I think that there are qualities of the Big Ten that are, that are kind of cool. And, and, and maybe it's harder to win at a, at a Wisconsin or a Purdue than it is uh, just to pick up and win Arkansas or Mississippi State or, you know, whatever that argument may be. Um, but I, I think when we're looking at um, the data, I think championships are quite important. You know, not the only thing. But quite important, and then the 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 amount of teams that have been capable of winning those championships over the the last twenty five years, when we're kind of arguing about the SEC really took over in the last twenty five years. It wasn't all the way back yeah. in the day. I mean, they were kind of competing and right there with some of those other conferences. But like you said, um, other you know Miami had their dominant run, Nebraska, Florida State, you know teams outside the SEC could really make an argument. And then Alabama came in. And of course, they, they've had their, their run with with the Bear before. Um, but when you when you add Nick Saban in there, it, it, it it's the best run of all time. It, it really is. I mean, what Nick Saban's been able to do since 2009, particularly his first championship at Alabama. Um, but they just they just haven't been alone. LSU's had titles. Auburn's uh, had two championship games, won a title there. Florida's been in championship games, won some titles. Uh, Georgia now has been in championship games. You know what I'm saying? Championship games. There, you know, it, it it's over these separate years. It's not just one. It's not catching uh, a heater or whatever and just winning. You know, m most of these programs have been in contention more than once and sometimes with different coaches. And so maybe with that different coaches things, that can go to, to argue the value of coaching in the Big Ten um, compared to the SEC. Um, but it's just – it's kind of built unfavorably overall just because we know that's where the talent – is down south and, and and that's where um you know these the, the nfl draft picks come from and all that all that stuff that you were getting to earlier it, it's not a fair argument uh in my mind but it is at, at some point i just think that anybody who's denying the sec is the best conference uh you know you can argue about depth here and there um but overall they just they they continue whoever it is at the top of the that conference that year they continue to impress and they continue to play for championships. And when they lose, it's an upset. And everybody, you know, everybody celebrates outside of the SEC and as well they should. But that lets you know where the SEC is in that standing. Yeah, I mean, and then some of the things that, that some of the pundits are talking about is in relation to coaching. I mean, that's something that, that um, Big Sky brought up 
is that the coaching part, but the crazy thing about it is that's what a lot of the kids, when they go there, they're, that's an element that they're looking at. They're looking at top to bottom, which types of coaches, not only the head guy, I mean, the, the types of coaching that they're going to get that's going to lead them to that next level. And so unfortunately, it takes a lot of them through those those particular programs, not to say that uh, the others don't provide that that the same element of opportunity that brings them to the NFL. But most of those kids, just just as, as we said, by the numbers, that's some of the things that they look at. They don't necessarily just look only uh, at the champion. They look at whatever is going to provide them the next level. And so. It seems as though to me that a lot of um, moderate coaches that start making runs and they become very good, they they make their way through the SEC. Uh, then top tier coaches, whether they made a run in the uh, NFL, when they return, a lot of them return towards, you know, I'm not saying all of them because you have your hard balls and you have others that, that do so um, that find themselves in the Big Ten, but you know, a lot of those kind of make their ways back as, as, you know, head, head uh, coordinators, whether it be defensive or offensive. And then they make their way back to another run into the college ranks. So it, it's, it's, uh it's something definitely to look at, but I, I think Bach made some, I mean, not Bach, but um, Big Sky made some good points and um, you know, it's, it's worthy of a debate. No question. And the coaching, especially in the Big Ten, is, is far and away. Like, it hasn't always been this good either. Um, as the money kind of separates, if you, if you kind of follow the money, you know that the Big Ten and the SEC have the best deals as far as TV deals, and it's allowed them to kind of separate from the other conferences as far as what they're able to pay their guys. We saw Mel Tucker get a huge extension. Uh, Purdue's had no problems holding on to Jeff Brom. A lot of these guys, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, maybe it's more of a, of a loyalty thing there. But, I mean, for years and years, when you have Kirk Ferentz, who in the past has been up for NFL, jobs they, they've been able to keep these guys and it's more and more so um so i think that when you look at the coaching you know that's involved in you know just kind of the even the big 10 west the pj flex of the world that's a hot name when they decided to hire him um you know in 2021 or 2022 is is way better than it was in 2011 when nebraska joined the conference so the big 10 still is an up is an up-and-comer i just wanted to see if i'm a big 10 fan michigan be able to compete with georgia maybe make the national championship game um the fact that they weren't able to you know it's a it's a good story um it was, it was it's part of i mean that scene in ann arbor is going to be part of what you remember when you think of 2022 football um but ultimately they didn't separate themselves um from the michigan state team that made the playoffs from a few years ago that got there and then didn't have an opportunity to really compete against that sec team that they were going up against so when you go back to the drawing board i think you're going back to okay ohio state can compete with the SEC teams. Everybody else in the Big Ten is going to have a problem doing that, uh, you know, at, at the highest level against those top teams. But, uh, Strick, I did want to get your thoughts on that championship game. 33-18, to 18, Georgia clenches it and, and puts a punctuation mark on it when they return the pick six. Kaylee Rinko, uh, the 79-yard pick six for the touch in, touchdown. Stetson Bennett was able to overcome a few of the problems that he had early in that game, specifically a, a ball he tried to get rid of that turned into to a fumble, which gave Alabama um, the opportunity for the go-ahead score. But then Georgia, of course, came came storming back, especially on the offsides where they, they chucked it up, took advantage of the free play, and got a touchdown. Overall, what were your thoughts from last night, and do you think the better team won? Well, I, I think there are a lot of elements that were, were, were uh, prevalent in that game in that you had the revenge aspect of it. You had the, the toughness of trying to, to beat another team 
um, after you have just pretty much embarrassed them, um, so to speak, where there were so many things that people were talking about as, as being one of the best defenses of all time, possibly. Um, then you have, uh, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, who they were they were considering an issue um, of just can't get over the bug or the hump or the monkey on his back with regards to beating uh, a Nick Saban led team and, and, and the Bryce Young matchup who was the Heisman Trophy winner of this year. So, but, but, but they, there were some things that I think could have made a, a, a different, a different outcome potentially that we also have to look at. And, and, and so they had some help when you look at it, it was, it was not having uh, Mitchie, it was losing Williams. And so you go from having two 1000 yard receivers to having a, a no receiver or even a tight end that had over 500 yards in receiving. So they were very inexperienced as, as, as Saban had alluded to going into halftime, but they would have to step up. Obviously I, I, I'm not going to attribute any of this to Bryce young. He made the passes. He made the throws. They were on target. A lot of them. And they just, they weren't the guys that could, could make it happen. And I talked to, we, you know, we talked about that on the last show that they didn't have the four quality guys, you know, so if you lose one or two of them, you know, those other two could pick up the slack and then, you know, you have those other guys step up. They did have a few opportunities to do so. So I think Kirby smart. Uh, I think Kirby, what, let me, let me say it like this. I think this is a cool way to say it. I think Kirby was smart. Ah, you, you catch that? <laughs> you I think Kirby was smart in challenging his team going into halftime. And I think you can see it. It was very evident that he lit some fire on the offensive line and, and you can feel the energy. You can feel the surgeons, right? They became very physical when they came out in the second half. And as we talked about, we knew one of the things that they had to do to be successful was to run the ball, to take some of that pressure off of Stetson Bennett. And they did that. They, they, they were very effective in the running game late and, and they were getting surges and they were getting, you know, four and five yards and they were putting themselves in position to not have to make long, uh, get behind the sticks and make long, long plays on third downs and so forth and so on. So those were some elements that that put them in a position to win the game. And they obviously did that. And their defense stepped up and made plays. And and I said in a tweet last night, whoever makes the big play, whoever we talked about that as well last night, whoever makes the big play, whoever makes the big stop whoever makes, um, um, you know, is very consistent in that manner is going to end up winning the game. And, and it showed Georgia made the, the biggest play, uh, the biggest two plays late in the game. Yeah, it was kind of interesting, too, that the running games didn't get going until the second half, and that kind of figured yeah. into the, the field goals. The def- it was very defensive-heavy early in that game. And I think overall, I mean, you, you had the Heisman winner, you had the Benaric winner, you had the, the Butkus winner, but overall, I thought Will Anderson shined as the best player on that on that field last night, despite coming out on the losing side. Man, was he affecting just about every snap Boy. that Georgia had. They, that's the biggest reason they couldn't get going. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a man-child out there. I mean, it, it was... It was uh, it was very uh, it was very dumb. I, you know I, I think I remember um, a dominating games that I saw. It reminded me of like when Andomlikan Sue just by himself used to just dominate the whole game. It didn't oh, matter. Yeah. I mean, no, it wasn't just you know just at his position against his his opposing alignment it was like he literally changed the dynamics of games and that and that's what it was it was looking like for a minute um the pressure that 
you know, Stetson Bennett was under on a regular basis was very consistent for him. He was shutting down the run game and making plays all over the field, um, reading off of screens and swing passes. I mean, he did a wonderful job and I, he's going to be a wonderful uh, player in the NFL. I think, I, I think he's going to, he, he very much has a motor like a uh, Micah Parsons type, you know, who, who has had a <laughs> phenomenal rookie season, um, you know, coming out of Ohio state. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how that how that breaks down. Um, and, I mean, Penn uh, State. My bad. Yeah. He went to Penn but State. But of course, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of fun, and we might talk about this later. Is that Will Anderson can't go to the draft yet? <laughs> Neither can Bryce Young. Those guys might be top ten yeah. picks, but they can't go to the draft. Good for college football. Maybe not necessarily good for the players. So maybe we'll break <laughs> into that later. Um, but we do have to get to a break. That way we can break down this Nebraska basketball game tonight at seven thirty against top twenty five Illinois twenty five. Uh, number 25, I should say, Illinois. Kofi Coburn uh, coming in tonight as a dominating presence. We'll break that down uh, with Chris Bassett, the Lincoln Journal star. That's coming up next on The Block.